You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 130. Today, I'm sitting down with Justin to discuss the autoimmune revolution. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson, and today's the first day you are pushing play. Thank you. Welcome. I'm super pumped to bring to you this awesome interview I did with Justin. He is on a mission to help revolutionize the way we recover from autoimmune disease after watching his mother suffer from incapacitating systems of Hashimoto's for over two decades. Hence the birth of his company, the autoimmune revolution, where he guides women to regain control of their body, discover a sense of wholeness and remember what it feels to be alive. He holds a master's in human nutrition and has spent the past three years doing postgraduate work studying mind-body medicine and trauma. What he has found is that one pockets of pain and untouched traumatic wounds have been reconciled. Even the most seemingly insurmountable autoimmune diseases are able to be tamed. Transformation and transcendence is within anyone's grasp if we are only willing to face painful truth and step outside of the conventional medicine model. As a wounded healer himself, he supports clients to acquire a deeper understanding of their life story, how they got here and guides them to come home to their authentic self. Justin and his team of trauma-informed autoimmune experts have transformed hundreds of humans who possess Hashimoto's, psoriasis, lupus, inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis, PCOS, infertility, anxiety, eating disorders, and trauma. And we unpack all of it inside of this episode. He talked a lot specifically about how we craft buy-in for our clients who might not even realize the impact of invisible components and how he really brings to light the truth about what really needs to be addressed in order to live a fulfilling life. I'm super excited to bring this episode to you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. Justin, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. How are you? Doing well. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm super excited to get into into today's show. So for those of you who don't know your work, I'd love for you to please share with us a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there. Yes, of course. So my whole um, mission in life is to help revolutionize how we work with uh, autoimmune disease. And that's my main focus, particularly in Hashimoto's, and we can talk about PCOS as well. But um, and that came from my own experience, what, watching my mom um, suffer tremendously for over two decades, probably with Hashimoto's and the, the crippling effects of that. And for anyone who has 
dealt with that uh, probably knows what I'm talking about because this is becoming a more common thing nowadays in recent years. So that was the impetus for me to kind of go into this field. It was never my intention. I was an artist. I've been an artist my whole life. Now it's just a side project. <laughs> so I've kind of just taken a different path. And here I am as this guy who doesn't have an autoimmune disease, to my knowledge, <laughs> doesn't have, you know, um, <laughs> hidden <laughs> issues of trauma that I'm still working through. I did that already, you know, and i mm -hmm. um, not a female. And so I'm this guy um, who is helping women with, uh, with chronic disease. And um, so it's super important to me. And I will tell you briefly that, I mean, there are definitely um, personal experiences I've gone through my life that have shaped and influenced why I do this work too, especially in the trauma department. But, and, and because that's personal to me, it's also a, a critical factor in the autoimmune discussion. So it really just, you know, combines all the, the ingredients in, in a meaningful way as well. So that's, I love that. It. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I re and I, there's just so many things that I want to unpack and number one, which I'm glad you brought up because it, it was part of what I'm called to in your work. And just the sense of that, I think that as strength and conditioning professionals and really professionals on any level is that we really work towards the visible components, the strategy, you need to work out, you need to eat this way. And we completely forget about the invisible components and act as if they don't matter when really they are the essence and the root cause oftentimes of what people actually go through. So I'm curious how you discovered that, how you came to work with that and how do you introduce those concepts to your people? So what specifically would you like to However, uh, wherever you want to go, you, wherever you think is important. Well, when you're asking about specific concepts, right? What's an example mm -hmm. what you mean? Like when you talk about trauma, how we are yeah. trauma influenced and how that type of trauma or, mm -hmm. and you can define trauma to be okay. however you want sure. to, but how, how the invisible components actually impact us without us really knowing sure. it. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is, this applies to me, not to, just to people with disease, but even just the average person who's running the life, being a mom, being a business person, entrepreneur or whatever, because, um, you know, for example, you know, look at personality patterns and these are things we know about type a, you know, people pleaser, perfectionist, uh, workaholic. Um, and I, I've seen this in many different contexts over the years with different uh, profiles and, and personalities, but the, the thing that we want to be aware of is um, not to say that it's a bad idea to adopt that behavior or to live that lifestyle. But my question, the question I'm raising now is, are you doing it because you're trying to fill an unmet need or compensate for something that was lost or uh, to fill in the gaps, if you will, right? Is it, is it a coping mechanism, a trauma response, whatever you want to call it, um, because if we're not aware of that, we will drill ourselves into the ground, uh, ourselves into the ground. And, and it just may not be apparent right now, but down the road, um, because I've definitely worked with a lot of people who, um, who end up in, in far serious conditions or huge exacerbations in their disease and their symptoms because of just these new normal patterns that we're in that we think are just fine and aren't uh, an issue. But um, you know, we're just conditioned to live that way and operate that way, which is fine if you're doing it for the right reasons. It's like what I say about weight loss, lose weight because, you know, you love yourself um, and you're doing it for the right reasons, not because you hate yourself and you're trying to prove to the world that you're, you know, adequate enough and 
deserving of attention, whatever. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So sorry, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, that's the thing for me that sticks out right now is, is trying to see that these are, these are normal, uh, res- be- conditioned behaviors to an abnormal circumstance or situation and your body is reacting to that way. It's embedded, it's woven in your biology at this point. Um, so we need to catch on to that and, and raise our consciousness. And we're going to and see that this is what's going to catapult us into to problems later on in life, not just autoimmunity, if we don't catch it now and see that it's serving a numbed need maybe um, potentially, and that we can change that unhelpful pattern and replace it with something else that's more uh, suitable for us. Mm-hmm. I love that. So how can you describe your process? Like how do you carry someone through really discovering this and learning how to fix, fix is not the right word, but learning how to reprogram their, their identity essentially. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing, right? I mean, we're Mm -hmm. not fixing, you're right. I don't like that word. Mm -hmm. It's really about unburdening, deconditioning, unlearning, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Those sort of things. And, and um, you know, rewiring, reprogram, like, as you said, well, I mean, the the first thing is, is awareness, right? And actually, it's probably before that is even choosing to wanting to be aware. I mean, you got you to start with that. You got to even want to care enough to want to explore this. And mm-hmm. look, no one's going to force you to do that. You either want to or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a choice. And then it's becoming aware of, of you know, really your biography and your story. I, I think that's an important uh, exercise for any of us just to see how we got here. Um, not to make any... Uh, premature assumptions or draw any, you know, hasty conclusions, but just to be open-minded and curious enough to have a beginner's mind and um, seeing like, all right, well, what happened in my life? And, and, and again, it's not easy to do this on your own. That's why probably getting support is a good idea, but you know, you can at least open the door by exploring on your own and looking retrospectively to see what happened in your life and did it shape you to who you are today? Not just in terms of your personality patterns and how you show up in the world, but, um, even, even other habits too. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. um, addictions and eating problems or weight issues or obsessiveness and fixation on this or that, or avoidance and isolation. So, you know, these are things to, cause that, that will obviously bleed into, you know, your business and obviously your relationships and, and, um, and things like that. So it's really important, but I think we, we really, really, you know, the first thing I would say is, you know, uh, people will often come up with the argument of, well, I didn't have trauma. Like this doesn't apply to me. And I hear that all the time. So um, yeah, right. No one knows yet. Uh, it's all relative. Um, but what I'm, what I'm suggesting is why don't we start, why don't we begin by asking like, like, well, how was your childhood as far as your relationship with your parents and, and where were they in the picture? Were they around? Were they not? How do they uh, support you or lack thereof? you know, what was that dynamic like? Cause like that can shed light on some things and uh, not say that it's causing an issue, but that's where it develops because for a lot of people, the attachment style thing happens really, it gets solidified the first year of life. And obviously that can change in, over the next you know, couple of years afterwards, but it really gets hardwired in the first year of life. And that's where we start to develop these patterns and, um, and looking for ways to fill that need later in life as an adult, it's just so hard to, to really pinpoint because it's vague, it's unclear, and we don't think it's a problem, but 
you know, this is why I think getting outside support is probably a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. So yeah. it's also a nuanced and really deep conversation. Cause one of the things that you said is you talked about trauma and really that's, you know, in the context of how people define trauma, because some people consider, or some people don't realize that an event that happened when you were in kindergarten, like getting picked last can be a traumatic yeah. impact on someone, whether it's not necessarily, you know, what someone would define as big T trauma, but it's still something that influences your behavior and stories and values. And I think that not enough people are aware of how that can really have big, massive impact in you later in life and in all areas. Yeah. Right. And, and really it's the relational trauma. that's really the most common. It's not mm-hmm. the abuse, it's not the people think it's like, I had to go to war or go for this genocide or this natural disaster. I'm like, yeah, that, that's part of it, but it's really not that. It's the relational trauma. It's the it's the trauma that you experience from your caregiver, right? Um, so you know, if if safety is disrupted continuously, um, if you're being yelled at by your parents a lot, you know, what's wrong with you? Why'd you do that? Stop crying. You're fine. You know, how dare you do that? Right? These sort of things. It's an implicit message of shame and blame. You know, and this is where it leads to people to shut down and freeze, dissociate. Uh, and why do you think ADHD is a thing now? It's more common. These, this is why it comes from this sort of stuff, largely. Or, you know, people, they grow up and they become this sort of um, person who gets loud and, ex- and explosive and gets really angry and, and kind of like fight mode, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can see it in the workplace and in relationships and how people um, probably, you know, operate because of what happened to them. Um, and not just the sort of like situational problem that just triggered them, but really it was it's, it's hardwired in their nervous system, right? So th- this is really the, the big, the, the crux of it that I see. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be an important thing to, to be aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, how do you connect? And you started to go into it a little bit when you were saying that this is hard work, hard, hardwired into their neurology, but yeah. how does it also translate into autoimmune? And how do you get that? So, because you know, when someone comes to you, I'm assuming they're not, and this is just me assuming, but I'm assuming they're not like, Hey, I've had all this trauma in my life. Can, can you help me navigate it? It comes to, you know, mm-hmm. I have Hashimoto's and I can't figure out like how to increase my energy and what should I eat? Right. How do you navigate that relation uh, that experience? Some people come to me and say that. <laughs> they, they, they- <laughs> They've paid attention enough, like, okay, I get it now. I'm, I'm being aware of this now and you rattled my cage, whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't, they're, they're not really, uh, they have an idea that maybe there's something there or they have the argument, like you said, like, yeah, I think I had a fine life in childhood, nothing, there was no problem. But I, I really just encourage us to explore because if you miss the boat on this and you don't catch it, then, and there is something there, then, you know, it's going to make it very hard to find relief in your disease and your symptoms. Right. Um, so, uh, what was your, sorry, what was your question again? I was my question. No, it's all right. I I tend to be like, ask four questions at once and people are like, wait, wait, which one should I ask? (laughs) So much comes to me (laughs) or which one should I answer? Uh, so I was asking about, you know, how, 
how we were talking about how the this trauma can inform and be hardwired in our neurology and so what is the correlation between oh, right, right. what happens with autoimmune and well, you can speak specifically to Hashimoto's yeah it's really with anything it's not, uh, yeah autoimmunity is my is my preference <laughs> nowadays mm-hmm. to talk about because that's what I do but it really does um set us up for a whole host of things but especially PTSD and, and psychiatric illness I mean this is still also part of it um, so, you know, again, it has to do with the biological embedding that takes place, you know, when you're, when your brain is developing and things are still, you know, working out up there, um, you know, we're getting flooded with all these different, um, stimuli and that's going to alter the chemistry and the, and the, um, it, essentially you get to a place where now you are, um, emotionally and chemically different than someone else who didn't go through this. So the chemistry is going to change. Emotions are going to change. Behaviors are going to change later in life. And then you're kind of, and it's again, because of a lot of things that we probably haven't figured out in science, but from what I know, it's just the, you know, stress hormones and epinephrine and norepinephrine and cortisol and these things that really damage the brain. Um, and, and things that really, you know, at a deeper level in, in, neuro- in neurology where, you know, certain segments of the brain aren't firing and working so, um, and this will, this will change over time, but just your ability, ability to, and depending on where you are in life too, it's not just childhood, but even early adolescence, early adulthood. So that can happen too, but just the ability to recall information, your, your, um, your ability, ability to speak about things and put thoughts to language, you know, people who are in a freeze response or dissociating, it's a hard thing for them to do because of what trauma does. So it's really, it's really complicated. It's very different from each person. But the, the, the general thing though, is that your, your nervous system gets really jacked up if you're in that path, right? Or you can go down the other path, which is like, you know, the sort of a dorsal vagal system, if you will, and, and you shut down a freeze and you collapse. And, you know, and these are still survival mechanisms and, and we will do things to compensate for that, to find safety, right? To feel enough and to feel worthy um, and to get our needs met. <clears throat> So that's why this is important, right? Um, but generally speaking, the immune system is going to get a hit, take a hit from this at some point in time, and as well as the hormones, right? And so uh, things become dysfunctional and imbalanced. And before you know it, if you have the right genetic susceptibility, it's going to catapult you into a disease like autoimmunity. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of these connections that I think we are aware of, but we're not really making it as apparent or as prominent as it should be. Um, we think it's, you know, all oh, the food I ate like yesterday or the, you know, the Chick-fil-A from last week or whatever, the vaccine or this, or that. listen, I'm not saying that's not part of it or involved, but I'm saying that it starts much earlier in life. And it's like, you know, if you have a bucket, right. You put it out in a rainstorm, how long will it take for that bucket to fill up with water? Many, maybe a couple of hours. And you turn those hours into years and years. And so uh, suddenly it, it spills, uh, it overflows. And mm-hmm. my question for everyone is, you know, what's going on at the bottom, the, the base of the bucket? Like where, what's the beginnings of that um, accumulation? Because that's probably where it starts. And all these mm-hmm. other insults come later and it just really it compounds the issue. And then we just want to blame this thing or attribute there are problems to this toxin or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but it's probably the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, mm-hmm. we just have to recognize that there are deeper things that have been going on in your system for a long time that condition your immune system and your nervous system 
Um, and that's how, that's really how it happens. And I'm not making it up, but the science is, has pointed this out too, but um, you know, my, my hypothesis on this and from what I've seen with clients is that when you, when you really resolve that stuff in the past and you unburn and heal and, and, and help someone um, you know, mend these wounds is when the whole chemistry and the biology changes. Yeah. And, and would you say, cause I'm, I'm curious your opinion and thoughts on this and I'm going to ask you two parts because this is mm-hmm. just how I am. So, um, but you did mention genetics and our, gen- our genetic disposition. And so I'm curious, you know, for autoimmunity and with being, you know, trauma influencing our, our neural pathways and our neuro- neurology system or our, our brain essentially, then how much of our genetics actually influence this as well? Or, and I'll leave it at that. Then I'll ask yeah. you my second question. Well, they do matter. I mean, we can't ignore that. It's just the, the point is that they're not the sole, they're not the biggest reason to why we're struggling in society, right? With why things like Alzheimer's and dementia are increasing now, things like that. I mean, it's all lifestyle issues and not, not to say that it's our fault, but you know, it's all the exposures in the world and all the things that are changing, right? But um, yeah, genetics are, are, you know, they, they kind of load the gun, if you will. Right. And then everything you do or you're exposed to is going to pull that trigger essentially. So like I could have the genes for Hashimoto's, but if I live my lifestyle in a good way, I suppose, then I won't get it. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I hope for. I didn't test, I didn't do genetic, you know, testing and, and map this out, but, you know, I think that's just a, an excuse, unfortunately for a lot of people. Um, yeah, some, some diseases, a few of them are, purely genetic based. And yeah, you just got a bad hand of cards. I get that, but it's, this is different. And then the thing to keep in mind is that, um, you know, especially with epigenetics and the expression of genes, I mean, trauma is going to do that too. And you're in early, early, um, stress exposure and, and adversity that a child goes through, especially in utero, when a parent, when a mother is going through that, this is something that's been kind of, um, explored more and more over the years. And, and, it's becoming pretty clear now that like, you know, what a mother goes through in, in utero and during pregnancy is going to affect the child too. So, um, you know, so there are many factors involved, but yeah, the genetics are, are part of it. But um, if we're going to talk about autoimmunity, yes, that's it. But it's, it's probably accounting for, I mean, maybe 25, 30%. Um, mm-hmm. Studies are different for different diseases, but it's, it's largely lifestyle. Yeah. Interesting. And so, you know, I'm also curious because I feel like, and maybe this is changing and you can shed some insight into this, but you know, my mom and my sister both have autoimmune. My mom has lupus. Yeah. Yeah, My mom has lupus and my sister, we have not quite figured out what it is yet, which is kind of brings me to my point is that I feel like this idea of autoimmunity, it's very mixed bag. If you want to talk Western, as Western care that they have, it's very hard to identify it and to treat it. And I'm curious as to why that is, is that changing? And, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. I hope it changes because it needs to, especially with the pandemic and the way things are turning out with that. As far as trauma, talking about trauma, we're all going through it, you know, pretty much. This is a cultural societal trauma, you know? So, oh my gosh, you know, yes. It, it's, it's like, how, <laughs> how, how can this not be? So right, my question is, how, how are we not experiencing some level of trauma? I mean, it's, it's probably there for a lot of us more than we know. 
So anyway, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a, a, a surge of autoimmunity health, health problems later. I know that in the next five, 10 years, and then we're going to go to the doctor and be like, Hey, I have this pain. I have this whatever. And, uh, and I'm going to say, well, what happened to you in 2020? Cause that's probably something that we want to consider. Right. Anyway. So the, the <laughs> point, the point is that this, this is, these are tough conversations because the fact that, um, you know, politics, big pharma and the way conventional medicine set up it, it look, it, it's, it's a really great business model. All right. Let's just be honest about it. We know that it's just the way it is. So are they going to change? I mean, we hope that um, the well-being of others is more important than greed, but I don't know. <laughs> um, so, but this is the way things are like they, I'm not saying doctors aren't um, helpful or they're just terrible sure, people. Sure. It's, not, it's not really about them. It's about just the model they're under and what they're being taught. But yeah, I mean, what I say is, you know, get what you need out of them, get the medications, explore that, but don't expect much else. I've had people tell me that they want to bring their scientific papers and documents to prove that this, it doesn't change anything for them. They don't care. They just don't have the capacity or they're going to get backlash for doing it or running this test or giving that, right? So you can see that their reputations online and their, their ego, whatever you want to call it, is, is a big element of this. So um. Uh, this is why we have to venture into alternative medicine, functional medicine, integrated medicine, and explore uh, um, other paths because they're, it's up to us anyway. It's not their job to fix you or cure you or heal you. It's your job. Like it is mine. You just can't do it alone, but you need someone who's going to be on your side. It's not going to gaslight you and, you know, kind of just say it's psychosomatic and you're making it up. Like those are the things that become traumatizing if we're going to talk about it, you know, and then you wonder why the things don't get better and that this trauma layer keeps building and building, right? So it's like, how is it not, how are people not experiencing trauma is my question, right? So um, I, I think that answers your question, right? I mean, yeah, we have yeah to just, for sure. We have to be exploring other things. And it's why lifestyle modification is, is really the meat and bones of this and, and for what I do. Yeah. Right. And, it, you know, it, we're discussing essentially the human condition, because if you want to talk about conventional medicine, you've got their, you know, you've got these people that have their ego, they have their own trauma, they're also trapped in a system. So how you know, are you yeah. supposed to change the system on the outside or on the inside? And it becomes a very nuanced <laughs> conversation. And I think ultimately, at the end of the day, I can't speak for everyone, but the people that are hanging out here and listening to this show that and on this show are at their core, good people and want to help other people. And that's essentially what we're trying to do at the end of the day is identify root causes that are, that are preventing people from getting the outcomes and living the life that they want to live. Like that's what we're essentially trying to do. Absolutely. Right. Great. And just raising the consciousness. Like we talk about that, you talk about that all the time. So you know, I'm, you know, I'm curious, can you speak a little bit for those of you who've never experienced autoimmune? Like, can you just kind of unpack what autoimmune is? Like, what are some of the symptoms and signs that people, people can be paying attention to? Yeah, this is, this is really going to be kind of vague because any symptom you have could be related to an autoimmune disease. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's very, there's a myriad of possibilities, but um, which is why you want to look at I think clusters of symptoms, you know, like hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's is one thing with brain fog and forgetfulness and, and, and maybe joint pain, but dry skin and hair loss and fatigue and weight gain. Right. Um, and then with like lupus, on the other hand, I mean, yeah, there can be some of that too, but there's also, you know, rashes potentially, and a lot of muscle pain and joint pain. Right. Um, and so you can see already there's overlap and then rheumatoid arthritis is this and 
So um, it's, it's a silent war going on in the body. It's, that's why it's hard to, to know because there's not an, uh, an apparent set of symptoms that are displayed on the surface of the body. That might happen later, but it's already, the war has already begun um, before you got diagnosed, probably. And this is the thing that's an issue with conventional allopathic medicine is that the antibodies for these conditions are, um, they show up in the blood eight, nine, depending on the disease, the eight to 13 years prior to you know, diagnosis. Um, so especially with lupus, I've seen that and the research on that. So like, yeah, I mean, we could test for these antibodies and find out early on and then do something to try to stop that before it gets worse. But you know, the way the things are set up now, it's like, you only get diagnosed in, in about stage three, you might call it of the condition, which is, yeah, loss of function, severe, severe damage and, and, and significant symptoms. Right. Um, so is that clear? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I'm also curious too, like, cause I've, I've worked with surprisingly, I don't know why, but I'm actually, this is kind of leading to my next question is that we also have this new virus that's out COVID. Right. And what I'm curious is that some of the symptoms that are lasting, and I know that there's no data on this, there couldn't be, this is like a brand new thing, but I'm hearing of like, long COVID and people are talking about having brain fog, losing cognitive function, and they're blaming it on COVID. And I'm just curious your opinion. And for the record, this is opinion Mm because there's no research yet, but like, is some of this related? Yeah, it's a bit of mystery, right? And I think that, well, we know that the virus, by the way, can can trigger autoimmunity. That's been pretty firmly uh, documented now, I think. Um, so like that's possible, um, you know, how much, I don't know. And things like that. So obviously there's a lot to figure out in that still, but yeah, I mean, the thing is there's, there's an overlap, right? So you, you might have symptoms of long COVID, but, um, I would say, well, is that a new thing or is that something you've already had? And this is just kind of, uh, an amplified symptom of it. So we want to ask that question first, but, um, I, I think that, uh, Look, I mean, the, the, the reality for me is that if you have COVID and you have a whole set of symptoms that have, you've never had before um, that are beyond the loss of taste and smell and, you know, those sort of things you hear about in the, new, the news, um, you want to maybe check into this antibody stuff and, and do some screenings because you never know. I mean, um, it could be the onset of an autoimmune disease coming. Um, just have awareness of this. Take an action and have to do that as a different discussion, but um, that, that to me would be the, the, the concern and mm-hmm. noticing, yeah, what, what other, what other symptoms you have in there are completely out there or abnormal and, and strange to you. But, you know, again, we have to be aware of this and, and be willing to explore it. Otherwise you're never going to know. Mm-hmm. And I think too, with COVID just in general, there's just so much what that is unknown mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of fear and it's not helping that we have the news you know, promoting a lot of things that just are spreading a lot of fear-based thinking. So, you know, it's hard. It's a hard time to navigate. It'll be interesting to see the impact, like you said, in five to 10 years to come. Cause I think we, we, it's going to be much more, it's going to be very different. I'll say that. I'll say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm also curious, uh, you know, given that 
a lot of people probably, and this is my assumption, my question is that by the time they get to you, you know, chances are they've been experiencing and battling a whole host of I'm broken, right? They're like, I don't know, you know, all these things are happening. No one can help me and feeling a little bit like I'm broken. So now as you're starting to unpack this stuff, that's like even, you know, happening in their childhood, I'm curious, like Mm. how much of your work has to be about, Hey, we're living in the end. You can be healing and okay now enough now. Right. I'm, I imagine there's just a whole bunch of everything's wrong with me that you have to also work through. Yeah, this is very true. Um, well, and it comes down to the fact that if you're going to be a victim, then I'm not the guy for you. I mean, that's very, something I'm very clear about. And I had, I didn't have boundaries of that in the past when I first started the Augment revolution, but now it's really clear. I'm like, here, here's the criteria. It's not, I just work with anybody because I know who's going to get results and who isn't. It, it's just, you have to have the right intentions, the right um, conditions and you know, you can't really be like in the streets or in an abusive marriage and like not getting out. I mean, I've had people like that. I'm like, listen, I can do the best thing for you and it won't make a difference because you're in the same trauma stress environment. You know, so <laughs> there's a lot to overcome and, and consider. But um, yeah, I mean, the reality is that you can be, you, 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 I mean, firstly, you have to be someone who wants to take ownership of yourself and want to do something about it, right? <clears throat> but no doubt about it, like the, the, the experiences that people go through trying to get help are traumatizing, which is only adding to what they've ever experienced, maybe in childhood. And then you add on societal issues and new things going on in daily life. Um, so it, it's, it does create a little, I mean, I know it's not a little bit, a lot of disillusionment and distrust. And that's the theme that threads through pretty much a lot of what I do. And I'm not here to be like, oh, please trust me. I can help you. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Like, I know if I can, and it's up to you to want to trust me or not, which is why I'm like, look, I'm fine either way. You know, I want to help you, but it's your, your job, your choice, and only you are in control, right? So yeah, everybody I work with, even my clients, they have a little bit of skepticism and doubt when they come into this and fear. It's, it's natural. It's because of just their experiences, but it's um, the, the confidence and the courage is really taking over more than that. And so that's who I attract, I think, of people like that. And, um, but, you know, again, it's up to you to really see um, uh, what's possible, be open to new possibility, not just, you know, believe what you're, hold, you're told and what your doctors are saying is the BL end all, because then that's going to be a factor too. And then what I say is like, what? are you crazy? Like, you're just trying to steal my money. I get that because, you know, they, they don't believe, they, they never heard of a, poss- a new a new possibility. So it's really intricate, right? There's many things going on in, in with people's minds and what they've gone through. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just really clear. It's like, you're in or you're, in, you're, in or you're not. And he, here, here's what I'm looking for. And here's how you have to show up and be an active participant in the healing journey. And if you're not going to do that, then it's just, no one's going to win. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, there's a difference between taking responsibility and being responsible that I don't, that I think 
people miss often. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, I'm curious to, you know, for someone who might be working with a client, right. And I'm going to speak specifically to the strength and conditioning coach or, you know, physical therapist say, right. Cause they're dealing with a lot of joint pain, muscle pain. What are some of the things that we could be paying attention to that might elicit the, Oh, we might need to go get some blood work done. We might need to go and outsource and see like, maybe, right. maybe, the, you know, this is out of my scope, you know, there's a difference between trying to find an underlying disease. Is it behavior? Like what are some of the things that we can be paying attention to that we might a need to outsource? And then what is the blood work that we need to get done? Mm. Yeah. That's a really great question. Right. Cause there's so many things you can start with. And yeah. even, even, I don't even know the answer to that when I'm talking to somebody, it's I'm, I'm, I'm literally figuring it out in real time. And I'm just like, all right, well, maybe this makes sense. And this makes sense. And kind of just trying to go through mm-hmm. it in my brain. Um, so I think, you know, obviously context matters, but if you're talking about like you said, joint pain and, and, and mm-hmm. those Muscle sort of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like sometimes, so for me, you know, my biggest thing, I'll just share my personal experiences when I have a client that I've been working with for a while and they're telling me all the time, Hey, I'm doing, I'm following the plan. I'm doing this. It's not budging. This isn't happening. And I'm like overly sore. And then I'm going to say something like, okay, so I believe you. Mm-hmm. Let's go get this looked at. At least know what our baseline is. I think, yeah, I, I think um, it's tough because a lot of people will say they have symptoms. I have fatigue or I have joint pain. Um, and, or I can't lose weight or, or I... Well, well, specifically the joint and muscle things and, and fatigue because, you know, the argument I hear is like, well, no, I just have a lot. My, my, my kids, I'm busy. I'm, of course, I'm tired. And you know, well, I was in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, today, that's why I'm sore. I'm like, yeah, but it's also maybe because of disease, not because of that. It probably is. Yes. Anyway, yes. but back to your point, um, I think you have to be able to make that distinction and see if it's really related to your performance and your, your um, workouts and things like that. Um, and if, if it's ongoing and chronic and you're resting, you're taking time off and you're still not seeing anything change and shift and you're finding zero relief, no matter what you do. Like you just got to be honest with yourself and then be willing to maybe look deeper and see. But I think, you know, the, the giveaways for me, a lot of times are, are the neurological issues and the f- brain-based fatigues and uh, recollection of things and memory um, or, cause you know, hypothyroidism and thyroid issues are more, like, if not more of the most, if not the most common um, issues out there, especially Hashimoto's. So um, it's, those are things that I want to rule out usually a lot of times because um, people are very surprised that, that they have it. And then, well, the doctor never checked it out because they won't do it. So, you know, that's a whole other issue, but um, I think fatigue stuff and uh, you know, gut related things and bloating and IBS, you know, those things can be tricky because it could be a temporary transient thing. But um, I, I think that. um yeah, I think neurological issues and gut issues, um, energy related problems, um, are going to be, and then, yeah, inability to lose weight. If you're trying to lose weight and nothing's happening, which happens a lot from what I see, uh, and calories aren't working and macros and this exercise, then yeah, you have a hormonal issue. I mean, this is really common to see. So then, yeah, you're going to want to look at sex hormones and probably, you know, saliva cortisol, I would say is a very simple thing to do. Check, you do a full comprehensive thyroid panel. Um, and just a CBC in general, see what your immune system is doing, check anemic things. I mean, you can get a lot of that done, but yeah, I will say that it is like pulling teeth with a lot of physicians to get them to do it. 
for these other things in the right way with the right spectrum of biomarkers because of just the politics of, of that. So it, it is a problem and you can order the stuff on your own. Actually, if you're not in New York, I think in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, if you go to like directlabs.com or walkinlab.com, I mean, it's basically what I just did today. See this, I told uh-huh. you about this earlier. Yeah. I went to walkinlab.com. I did a whole, um, you know, metabolic panel, checking lipids and this and that, because I know that, well, first off, it's easy for me. And I know that if I go to a doctor, they're not going to write the, they're not going to order the right things I want. So this is why I do it. So I'm living proof of it right now. So you might want to do it yourself. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to be your own advocate for your own body, right? I think that no one, they say, you know, I know, you know, I know you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, if something's not feeling right, like no one's going to know that better than you. Yeah, this is, this is why, okay, and this is important why uh, we need to acknowledge that trauma will disrupt your gut feelings and intuition. And mm. if, if it's ongoing, and obviously everyone's very different, but yeah, we need to pay attention to our gut feelings and intuition and, and, and not brush it to the side um, like we usually do in the society. But, you know, <laughs> you go through trauma, that can be hard to listen to. So, you know, it's not easy. You're right. But um, I would say just be open and honest with things and, and be curious and, and be, uh, be willing to uh, be curious about what is going on and see it as, you know, look, it's like a red light in your dashboard of your car. It's a warning light. Like, hey, you know, pay attention. Let's see what's going on because I'm trying to send you the signal as, as a, you know, and, and being your teacher, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, you mentioned it briefly. So can you expand a little bit more on what specifically the autoimmune revolution is like, what oh, is sure. that? Tell us about it. Well, that's my, yeah, that's my company and my, myself and, um, three of my other coaches who, uh, all have autoimmune disease and Hashimoto's actually, and I don't, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the irony of it all. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, we're, we're on a mission here to help, um, women, particularly I do work with a few men. It's just not a lot, but, um, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because I did have male clients that had Hashimoto's. Oh, it's it's not, it's not a thing, Yeah, but realistically speaking, um, it it is a female related issue. It's 75% Mm -hmm. of autoimmunity is really related to females. Females. Fortunately, you got, you guys got a... (laughs) bad hand of cards there but yeah i mean so but the the truth is my mom's reason why i do it so um so what we're doing here is and and really it's not just about integrating uh, alternative medicine approaches to uh and and overcoming the problems that conventional medicine doesn't do but my whole thing is my body connection and and um, my body medicine rather and how um trauma past and present has to be in the discussion in the context because it's there for some people, but it's, it's very much like at the bottom of the priority list, I think, and definitely not taught in, in medical school and definitely not even in our um, awareness as much as it should be, because that's, that's the big thing for me that I've learned that if you get that handled, which is not easy, but if you do and you um, unburden, it, it literally has a domino effect and creates the results you're looking for without even really trying. It's really amazing to see. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an essential thing that has to happen. So that's my mission right now is to help bring, bring, you know, combine the, the things that we need to do with alternative medicine and what, uh, what trauma has to, uh, trauma healing has to offer. Uh, Cause that's the best of both worlds for me. 
I love, I mean, part of what I love about your mission too, is that, you know, you're working to really get to root causes before you, before it becomes urgent. Yeah. You because have to. yeah. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't get easier once you're, you're plagued with the stuff. It just gets, just takes a longer process. And then we want to find it, think something on Amazon prime and get rid of it. I'm like, yeah, well, sorry, not in this <laughs> lifetime. You didn't grow a baby in 90, in nine minutes. It yeah. took 40 weeks. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to be very mindful of your time. So thank you so much for sure. hanging out with me today. So, you know, for those of cool. you who want to learn more about you, learn more about your mission, what you're doing, where are the best places that I can send them? Cool. Um, two things, actually. Just uh, my Instagram is Justin Janoska, J U S T A N J J A N O S K A. Um, that, and that's where I'll just I talk about the stuff uh, day in and day out. Hear me rant about the stuff. Otherwise, uh, the website <laughs> is theautoimmunerevolution.com. And I have a lot of um, free things and trainings I've done. I'm really about over, you know, giving a lot and, and getting people to see the truth of what's going on um, so they can be empowered. So please check it out. I love that. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.